you can make an argument the failure is just bad choice in men. And welcome everybody to the N Word for Nerd <laughs> podcast. We will start on that note. Holly Quinn chooses terrible, terrible human beings to be her boyfriend. Uh, with all that being said, welcome to the best podcast in the state of Georgia. As you know, we're slimming it down. Um, Gwinnett you, County. I mean, okay, <laughs> best podcast in Gwinnett County. I feel there like we, we can. I feel like we can actually be pull that one off. I feel like right. this is not very stiff. The best Gwinnett damn County. podcast in Gwinnett County, Georgia, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us again on the N Word for Nerd podcast. As always, remember to do what the scroll at the bottom says: share, like, follow, and subscribe at Head Cannon Circus on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere, man. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow Jason on Instagram. Us on Twitter as well. We're everywhere. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about a lot of geek stuff and put a lot of craziness out there into the world. If you're not ready for craziness or if you're not ready for the nerd perspective from the blurb perspective, this is not the show for you. If you do not know what a blurb is, Jason, please enlighten us. It's a black nerd, everybody. Here it is. <laughs> we have black nerds. Laid out. We're blurred. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And for those who do not know who Jason is, Jason is the Duke of all Nightskins. He is the Duke of all nerds. He is the number one appointee that I go to for Star Trek and Star Wars information. He is the number two person I go to for Lord of the Rings. Yes, Whoa. you're only number two in that one. Yeah, you're only number two in that one. I, I got somebody like I that num- I used to go to before you, so I had to oh keep them goodness. ranked. Now, you may know more, but I still go to them first. I want this person to, to become before me right now, and we will see who knows more about Lord of the Rings. I just watched a video on YouTube about mm-hmm. how freaking uh, King Theoden fell under Grima Warrantung's spell. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I did that for fun, guys. Right. I, I understand. <laughs> now, again, I, I will be honest. You would know more than him, but he is the first person I go to, and you're the second. So, Matt better Lattina, be a blood relative. You? He better no, be. he actually a good friend of mine. I actually offered him to come on the show eventually. So one day we're gonna have him on, and then we won't do a Lord of the Rings knowledge thing because you know you'll win that mm-hmm. one. But he has awesome <laughs> perspectives, and he's really good at the, the drums and guitar. So that could be another twist there. Okay, but for everybody enough. else who's not good at any of these things, but you do have opinions like us, like I've always said, you are more than welcome to join us on the show. You can always email me or reach out to me through an Instagram or Twitter and say, "Hey, Jason, I want to join the show." We had Wade Simmons on. Last week, uh, film film director, uh, storyteller, Star Wars enthusiast, trained to be a pro wrestler. Exactly. Uh, and a while back ago, we had Josh Corbin on, I think his last name was. He was just a regular dude that saw our video and was like, I invited him on to come on. And he was like, yeah, so we want to join us. Come on and join us. Uh, also, I have not been talking about our Inward for Nerd book club of the last couple of weeks, but we are going, we're right now reading children of blood and bone and i've been reading it while i've been on vacation and i've been enthralled by it. <laughs> jason great choice oh my god i'm so into this book right now and i'm into the book so much and i looked at it because it's about 500 pages and i'm like oh i still got a long way to go and i'm like <laughs> 150 pages deep and i'm like i can't put it down like i use it to put it down because my kids may drown or something but outside of that like I'm pretty much <laughs> at the beach Reading this book, like they better awesome. really be drowning. <laughs> right, right, right. Better, y'all screaming, y'all better really be drowning before I put this book down. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think, well, I was thinking about getting a date and time for us to do our book club rundown of the Children of Blood and Bone. I was thinking, like, sometime at the end of the June. I guess let's do actually, let's do the July 9th. Would that work for you? Sure. Why not? I can read it. Again, because that's the week after uh, July 4th or whatever. That's Saturday, the week after July 4th. So 
I think July yeah. 9th is a good day that we can sit down and discuss the children of blood and bone. Um, July 9th, again, everybody. Get your, yes. If you haven't got your copy, get your copy. You can read it. It's 500 then. pages, so you better start reading. And like I said, we'll do it at 8 p.m. on July 9th. But also, guys, like again, if you don't know about our N-Word for Nerd book club, it is we try to highlight people of color, especially black authors or comic book writers or illustrators, anything black that we can go and promote and let people know black, that black, it's black, us. Black. Yeah, it's us in the genre, too. We here now. And I will admit, like, this Children of Blood and Bone, man, it starts all hot. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to cool down a bit to kind of like let us get a vibe for the characters. But this book has in. And I should say that for my review, but it's blended a very good way of teaching us the characters while keeping the action in the story moving. And yeah. I've read anything like that in a very long time and it's been able to master. So excellent, excellent book. And, and I'll text fine you. too. Just, just to throw that out. Oh, see, I didn't even know I'll fine, but I did <laughs> text you and it was like, it's so good every stories that the people in the stories look like us. So they describe their melanin and the color of their skin and their hair and everything. So mm -hmm. that is so... So, 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 so dope because I think all the fantasy books I've probably ever read, I don't think I've ever had it where majority, if not all the uh, people involved in the book are black. So this is the first for me of reading a real fantasy book like that. So I'm excited. It's like, and Especially in fantasies, like it's one guy and he's from the Ooga Booga Islands and he dresses right. in a loincloth and he has right. a spear. And a bone through his nose. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> this is Absolutely. our normal friend. Yeah, and usually oh, it's like scars on his body from like escaping some slavery or some servitude and got yeah. beat somehow. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, pick that up, guys. Uh, Children of Blood and Bone. And like I said, again, July 9th at 8 p.m. That's a Saturday. We will do the uh, book review on that. Cool. I'm excited about it. But today we have a full jam-packed show for you. We are reviewing The Boys, episode one through three. We are reviewing Sneakerella on Disney Plus, <laughs> which I can't wait to Jason's review on that. And we're reviewing Emergency on Prime, which again, I can't wait to hear Jason's review on that. <laughs> so, I mean, guys, buckle up, just relax, strap in, strap yeah. on if you got one. <laughs> you know, strap. yes, please <laughs> strap on for our. For we're about to take this shit. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be our new mantra, the M Word for Their Pack podcast. Please strap on for the reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a year of calm. Homeland is subdued. Butcher works for the government, supervised by Huey of all people. But both men itch to turn this peace and quiet into blood and bone. So when the boys learn of a mysterious anti soup weapon, it sends them chasing the seven, starting a war and chasing the legend of the first superhero, Soldier Boy. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the synopsis or summary of The Boys Season 3. We only got to watch episodes 1 and 3 because we don't have press credentials where we can watch the whole series. Nope. So, <laughs> with that being said, we're going to do 1 and 3, and we're going to do it like we do it every single time. Jason, what is your one-sentence review of The Boys Season 3, episodes 1 through 3? What a way to die. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> My what's in this review actually coincides with that. If only someone could climb into my penis for pleasure, but don't sneeze. That is how I feel about the boys. <laughs> Jason, what is your review of episodes one and three of the boys? All right. So the boys has always been a show that uh, toes the line between, uh, you know, just gross out shit and great TV. And they rampant ratchet this gross out shit on this show up to like 
11, you know, in, in Spinal Tap, where it's like, this one goes up to 11. Well, this one on their amp goes up to 12. Why? Yes. Because they want to. And it's honestly, even though it's gross and like, I've seen way more penises in the, in this show than I should. I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of uh, better than uh, most of last season, in my opinion. Um, it's a lot more engaging. It's a lot more like the characters are in different spots in their lives and they all have to come back together to uh to do these things and um i'm here for it like there's still the same surly crazy bunch of people but uh i like i i'm 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 really excited to see where the rest of the season goes uh, i'm really excited to see like when they bring jensen ackles into this as a as a oh, character yes. yeah. uh i really really from the i, I can't really break this down because it's all just jumbled in my head because i watched all three episodes back to back to back to back but especially like him on the flashbacks really fun to uh to what happened in Nicaragua, they actually uh, said something that is really poignant to uh, today's world, which is that the CIA brought drugs into the black neighborhoods just to uh, destabilize them, which is true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. like um, Homelander in this has always been sadistic and 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 crazy and just a, a thread above uh, from just being an all out. Um, I mean, he's a villain, obviously, but just he has a he's always had a demeanor of just trying to keep it together. And in this one, he is you can you can see he's cracking. He's cracked. And and it's and it's better for it. <laughs> like and he kind of almost feels sorry for him a little bit because of all the things he's gone through. But like he's still he's still the guy you love to hate. And uh, he's definitely ramping up the, the love for hate that he's always a step ahead of everybody else even when he seems like he's a step behind and it's, it's great. Um, yeah. And, and also this one's also probably the satire for our real war politics on this. And this season is like spot on. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it roasts everything from the, uh, you know, the performative wokeism of corporations to, uh, you know, that there are literal Nazis out there who want Nazi shit to happen (laughs) 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 to, you know, just bad movies in general and performative blackness as well, which is also great. Um, Yeah. Everybody is in a different spot. Like everybody is in uh, still, even though they are in a different headspace, they're still doing the things that we like them to do, which is, you know, the underdogs trying to take on the, the man, but it feels Mm -hmm. like the man has already won. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's going to continue to win, but I can't wait to see where this is going. So I'm really enjoying these first three episodes. Absolutely. So my one said this was about, you know, someone climbing in my penis and not sneezing. Um, that scene for me sums up this whole series, let alone the first three episodes. Like <laughs> it's at times very satisfying, but strange. And then instantly, instantly it becomes shocking and disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are pushing them. I've, I've turned the corner on Homelander. I've, I rocks with Homelander now. Like, he has a moment in the air where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it 100. And at that moment, I was like, you know what? Like, we, we can't always blame Homelander for who he is or what he is because, one, he's one a traumatized boy playing a man, but has pretty much the powers of a god and mm-hmm. has always been under someone's thumb to make feel powerless, even though he knows he's in full control. Like, it, like, He's actually actually a tragic story. It just sucks because he's just an asshole. 
That's yeah. why we don't feel Terrible sympathy for him. <laughs> but like how he treats A Train, it is like calling him a fatty, you know? Like, like he's just an asshole. Look at your fat, fat ass right. come over here. I can see you where I can see your girdle, you fat piece of shit. Right. But it's like when we go through the whole stage, hurt people hurt people. And he's a hurt person. And so whenever he feels he can take out his hurt on someone, he does it. Like Homelander is that bully that just is a terrible child, like ter- terrible home life. And he has to come into work or school every day and be an asshole because his life is terrible. So I've turned the corner on Homelander. I rocks with Homelander. Um, <laughs> the Starlight and Dewey relationship, I actually enjoyed because every time I thought it would get tropish or stereotypical, it doesn't. It turned like yeah. every time I'm thinking, oh, she's definitely going to break up with him after this shit, or he's definitely going to. Nah, they figure out a way to make it work, but they also do what we never see in any show ever. They properly communicate. That's mm-hmm. a novel idea, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Write a story where relationships actually communication. They communicate, and then they I solve mean, the issues, but still are stuck in a rock and a hard place. You they have problems, but they yes. talk about their problems. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, not just being like, oh, why is she holding that from him? Or why is he holding that from her? That's so important. And the only reason I bring that up, because if you know anything about Eric Kripke, the one, the creator of Supernatural, he did, like, the first five seasons. That was his arc there. The biggest issue of Supernatural is that the brothers never communicate with each other. They never <laughs> tell each other what's going on, and it causes problems. So it's very interesting to see this relationship where they actually tell each other what's going on. Um, at the end of the day, Vault is Disney, and I don't care what anybody tells me. Oh, certainly. The, the Disney princesses, if they had superpowers in real life, it would be it would be Vault. Like, Disney is Vault, <laughs> and Vault is Disney. And I love everything about it being that way. And I love the fact that it's probably people in Disney don't realize that, like, they're actually Vault. And they're like, oh, I love this show. And they don't realize it's making fun <laughs> of them they're watching all the it unironically. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Having no clue my, that it's about them. <laughs> right. And one of my complaints for last season, I think when we talked about the boys last season, was like I always felt like the, the quote-unquote heroes or the boys, they never had anything that could actually beat the seven or any of them. And I always felt like it took some of the bite out of the show because it's like, at the end of the day, at any moment, Homelander could come and I beam all of them and kill them. Yep, and I always felt like that took away from me. It never added to some, some some suspense, but I felt like it's like when I used to watch wrestling in NWO, and NWO used to beat everybody. Eventually, you're like, well, WCW got to eventually win some of this to make them a reasonable threat, and WCW never won, and that's the reason why it, like, WCW went out of business because mm-hmm. they made villains that never lost. I felt the same way about the boys, but coming into this season, the whole premise is that again, two premises: one. It's a formula to give people, regular human beings, superpowers for 24 hours, which mm-hmm. is a gnarly scene when Butcher actually does it, which is awesome. It was And great. then two, <laughs> the whole MacGuffin here is that it's some kind of weapon that's out there that can stop suits. Supposedly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, again, as I said, it's a MacGuffin. So that, that's, it, it's almost like the boys, and we, I feel like this happens to be so much on this show. I have a complaint, and then later on as we get down there, they fix it and punch me in the face and be like, shut up. That's why you watch the story, Jason. Don't talk about us again. So, yes, they punched me in my face and told me to shut up, and um, I'll watch the story. Also, let's just keep it 100, and let's keep it a, a, just straight 100, guys. Soldier Boy is who and what Captain America really should be if Captain America was a real-life human being. He should be sexist, misogynistic, and racist. And, and, a, fact that, and an idiot, too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So I love that Soldier Boy is all these things, and it's so great, and it's, like, wonderful. Also, I do like the way they rewrote Black Noir, because if people read the boys' comic, Black yeah. Noir in the comic is just a clone of Homelander. 
that they just cover up. So I like in this one, he's actually black. He's actually black. <laughs> and and actually, he wants to yeah, go ahead. He actually like wants like in the flashbacks, he actually like wants the people to know that he's black, which is like almost like different from A Train, who people do know who's black, but doesn't, you know. He right. as he says, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm you know, I'm black, but I'm not, you know, I'm not like them, <laughs> you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, it, and I like the fact that he wants to do that because not only that, but it makes it gives me a very uh blue Marvel feel. If anybody yeah. knows the origins of blue Marvel, it gives me that feel where they had to make blue Marvel walk away from the superhero life because they knew people wouldn't be ready for a black superhero in that era. And this is the same thing that's been told to black noir. The only problem is, is man, why you gotta do the brother like that after you build up this favor for me to like this cat, and then they give you a reason why he gotta. Keep, he got to be mask on. So I, I which I rocks with also it. like it makes you question like the relationship between Black Noir and uh, what's his face, uh, uh, John Carlo Esposito's character that maybe they oh, are um, yeah, yeah, yeah siblings or or something or or cousins. I don't know, but either way, like because he's like he listens to the dude, and, but like it seems like there is some sort of mutual like you know right familiarity to them. So. I did feel that. I think I chalked it up to just them being both people of color and understanding what era they're in. But I felt the same way. But I was like, are they going to reveal like they're related? But I, I and when they didn't say anything, I just chalked it up to them just being people of color yeah. in this world where you know how it goes down. Uh, let's be real. I mean, he's up high up in Vought in an era where I'm pretty sure they weren't trying to hire no ninjas. So, no. <laughs> no <laughs> the fact that he's the CEO of the club company even now is still kind of uh, <laughs> and very impressive. And I'm like, right. I kind of, I kind of don't want to feel like Vaughn's the bad guys. <laughs> right, right. I want to root for him, but yes, absolutely. Um, the only, the only drawback I have, and I think it's done deliberately for the story writing. So again, I'm going to shut up and watch the story play out before I put it as a crit, uh, like a, before I criticize it, is that I think they regressed Butcher in these first three episodes, and they did have to. Like I felt at the end of season two, Butcher had realized more about how he can fight this war on a playing field. It doesn't have to require him to be like almost unfeeling and emotional. And yeah. I thought that's why the sacrifice of his love kind of would. So I felt like they regressed him a bit. Now, with that being said, I feel like the regression of Butcher is so that all the other people around him can grow and it can be shown in a very spotlight managed way. That leads me to my point about Dewey. Uh, Huey, excuse me, I said Dewey, but Huey, uh, excuse me. Same guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dewey, Huey, Louie, they're all, they're, all, they're all Uncle Donald's nephews. Yeah. Uh, so I love where they're changing him and taking him. If they continue doing this path where Huey was always the thing that pulled Butcher back from being just a complete, utter psychopath. Yeah, he was the cop. way this ended, yeah, yeah. Like, the way it ended, it's like, nah, Huey knows bodies now. Like, he he's over it. He, he realized that he's been manipulated on both fronts, that either way he tries to fight this battle, Vox still is in control. And he's like, you know what? Butcher, you're right. We got to take these jokers down by any means necessary. We, we, can't, we can't do it the way we've been trying to do it through the system. So I'm interested to see now where this catapult Butcher's character into another direction or will, like, like, will it basically catapult Butcher into the complete other anti-hero? But I'm interested to see how it goes. And that's why I said I think they regress Butcher to make all the other parts around him show their growth. So I'm all here for it to see it. And then my last part of this is, why Russia got everything? They got Harper <laughs> and Stranger Things. They probably got Soldier Boy. They probably got some weapon. Like, why is Russia and all these things that got everything now? Like, it, 
Because Come it's on, Russia, guys. man. They're, they're always the bad guy. I mean, we can't do China because we actually sell shit to China. So and we don't want to upset them. All right. So it always has to be Russia and or. And if you don't want to be racist and make them brown people, you have to be. It has to be Russia. Like, it's a good point. It can't be North Korea because they, they're because they're not white. It's the only white bad guys we can do because in Germany, you know, they're no longer bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of just don't want, I don't care about Russia being a bad guy. Now, let me just keep it 100. But it just is very fitting that everybody's like, oh, Russia, the bad people now. Um, I mean, it, it but, wouldn't make sense if they were like, oh, yeah, it's fucking Peru. <laughs> that that would be more hilarious if it was fucking Peru. Uh, it's fucking it was the whole time, y'all. <laughs> With that allowing me to revenge, <laughs> Jason, what are you rating the boys season three episodes one through three? Yeah, I'm I'm marking with this. This is good so far, so good. Keep it up, the good work. Four out of five. Okay, good. I'm I'm higher than you. I'm, I'm at a five out of five, man. I love Damn. these first three episodes, like. <laughs> Like to the point, I had to rewatch it because I was like, I can't. I'm liking this way too much. Like maybe I'm missing something, and I'm just not paying enough attention. But then I watched it again, and it was like, no, this is awesome. Like <laughs> trying to find reasons to hate it. Like where, where is something I could pick out and say this shit sucks? Where is it? <laughs> that, that's exactly what I tried to do. Couldn't, couldn't come up with anything. Couldn't come up with anything. And then, like you said, there's a lot of parts in there that speak to both sides: liberals, conservatives. Progressives, modern, like they do a great job of satiring everybody, everybody and making sure that everybody understands all this is full of shit because the system controls us all. Thank yeah. you, the boys, for making sure that's plain and known to us. Because <laughs> the system's all right. rigged. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah. If we don't know that by now, I don't know what else could tell anybody at this point. If the the boys ain't gonna be the one that's gonna convince you, if you don't already know that by now. All right, L is an aspiring sneaker designer from Queens who works in a shoe store that once belonged to his late mother. He hides his artistic talent from his stepfather and two mean stepbrothers who constantly thwart any opportunity that comes his way. That is the summary of Disney Plus's Sneakerella that is on streaming right now. But like always, we're going to do it like we do it every time. Jason, what is your one-sentence review of Sneakerella? Man, light-skinned dudes always fucking shit up. My what's in this review of Sneakerella is Aladdin meets Cinderella, and I ain't got nothing fresher than this, this, and this. So, yes. I'm going <laughs> to jump into this one, man. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, I'm going to start with it right now. Hey, you you can skip past the rap battle. Don't don't watch the rap battle. Oh, that was like, my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, maybe it was Shane's favorite part. He can vouch for it. That is like that's the only that's the only part of this show, this movie that I was like, why? Why are we doing this to me? Why are we doing this to the culture? Why are we doing this for the viewers? Because this is made for kids. Why are they doing this to this? Look, I like John Sally as much as the next guy, but come on, we we can't we can't handle rap battles. No, 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 no. But outside of that, man, I fucks with Sneakerella on a whole level. Look, I don't know if it's just me. But did this feel like a little Aladdin s to you? Like of Cinderella and Aladdin, and I felt like is this only because like they're black? But it's some points in this that feel very much like Aladdin, like where they meet up and how they interact because they don't just meet up at the ball like in Cinderella. 
they meet up before and their interaction. And even at one point, I was like, are they about to sing a whole new world on the, on the train? <laughs> like, she was like, I'm going Over here in fucking Queens. Right. <laughs> I was waiting Watch yourself, on that's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on it, bro. Um, look, the opening scene, the opening song, ain't nobody fresher than my kicks. Kick, yeah, that's just Blaze, y'all. That, that, <laughs> and I was like, oh, they coming with this heat. And I told Jason, the reason why we reviewed it is because my girls had put it on. And I'm like just chilling out. And I just hear that song hit off. And I was like, oh, this thing is going hard. And I looked on, I'm like, what y'all watching? They're like Sneakerella. And I was like, shit, let me sit down and watch this. So the, the, the songs on here is fire, man. Especially the first opening songs. The songs get a little weaker down the end of the show movie, but it's come to respect it when you got sitting such high marks at the beginning songs. Um, <laughs> got to come out. But, <laughs> throw right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you got to go there. The, one of the other criticism I have is that you can tell the actors and some of the people who wrote this movie aren't real sneakerheads because some of their lingo and some of how they was acting was off. And them, and them shoes were ugly. Let's just be honest. All them shoes were ugly. <laughs> <laughs> all them, like I would be like, I would be embarrassed. They'd be like, oh, these are hot. And I'm like, mm, I don't know what y'all looking at. <laughs> Look, I ain't going to go that far. But because <laughs> it was made for kids. My kids was dealing. Any shoe that you make that lights up, kids going to be for it. And my yeah, kids are right. 10 and 7. So when it was lighting up, they was all here for it. Um, oh, I've got criticism. It's all the dope. The bass up. Rap battle, I don't think has really wrote. And whoever has the father in this movie should be shot. Homeboy was Tyler Perry acting bad, and I don't know if his hair was a wig or not, but that shit was terrible too. I'm sorry, it was bad. Like, it, like, it, look, and I'm gonna talk about all the great black people here that did very good acting, but Homeboy, the, the stepfather acting was. <laughs> Garbage. Oh my god, it was bad. Every time he opened his mouth, I was like, he in the wrong movie. Um <laughs> his, his his friend Sam should have been black, but that's another thing just for me personally. I think she should have been black, but whatever. Uh I would have gone to the black lesbian trope, so I'm glad she wasn't black. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh the lead, I thought he was charismatic. I dug him. He reminded me of a young Chris Brown. Hopefully, he don't be slapping nobody later on in his life because. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just like he, he just had that energy and charisma about him that I really, really thought was cool. Uh, the pacing sometimes in the movie was kind of jarring. I think that's because it was a musical. So sometimes where I just wanted things to just start going and coming together. You got to do a musical break to express how you're feeling in this moment. And I'm like, ah, we didn't really need this song here. We could have just kept going through this. Um, even the stepbrothers, they got they had some fire on their song too. And I was like, damn, them jokes are like some lames. And they was giving it up. And I was like, okay, I'm here for these stepbrothers giving it up like this, man. Um, Fucking light skinned motherfuckers. Right, over here right. lining people with their high yellowness. Look, I'm sorry, I'm bro. not trying to be colorist, everybody. I'm, I'm just joking. Look, <laughs> it just is what it is. It just is what it was. Uh, so I thought, but I thought it was super dope. I mean, the lead character, um, I forgot her name, but it, the you know, King, which quote unquote is the princess. She held her own, too. She's a beautiful young lady. I thought that was a good pairing. And their chemistry together felt natural. It didn't feel like they were jamming them together to make it work. It felt natural. But I want to give a special shout-out to the older sister. Oh, my gosh, she was fine as hell. I didn't watch the whole movie of her. I don't even need the rest of this shit. Just put her on the screen. Let her be doing shit. Yeah. I'll just watch it for that because she was fire. 
Um, and she had a I hairstylist totally... too because you know she had it straight, she had a natural, she had it all over yep. the place. <laughs> Even they tried to play her, but she woke up and she like I was like, how you playing the sister for her her her, her, her hair being jacked up when she just woke up? Y'all know how it is. Yeah. Are you playing she didn't games out here? She went to sleep. All right, right. So, playing so that... games out here. <laughs> but I loved it because it was still for the culture. They showed her in the natural and kept it moving. So look, I'm high on this movie. I guess people want a real critique. All right, here's the critique. If you like musicals, if you like the Lin-Manuel stuff and all that, it's not as good as that, but it is serviceable for your children and you to watch and enjoy. The pacing's not bad. The songs are real fire. You'll be tapping your feet, nodding your heads. And like Jason said, the sneakers are ugly, but you ain't never got to worry about your kids wanting them because they're not selling them sneakers until <laughs> Disney does. Either until way, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until they do. Uh, either way, man, I'm here for it, man. Sneakerella, I'm glad I am glad I stumbled across it, man. That shit was fire. What you, what you think, Jason? I'm going to keep it real. I fucking hate musicals. I think they yeah. suck. They are <laughs> dumb. I fucking hate them. I fucking hate them. And when I st- put on this movie and dude started singing, I was like, oh, no, here's some bullshit. A fucking musical. Jason got me with an okie doke and snuck this in here. I, I was, I was, I was going to fight you the next time I saw you. <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I say all this to say. <laughs> I like this movie. Um, like I think for this, uh, obviously in in the creation creation process of the music process, they had people of color in here, and I think the reason why I don't like a lot of musicals or like ninety five percent of them is because they all have the same sort of style of music. It's that Rodgers and Hammerstein like chipper, but even though they're singing something sad, sort of, and it's all the it's like all the same. And in this one. Uh, even though you could say they're kind of like copying the Lin Manuel style of rapping and shit in a musical, you can feel that there is an actual shift in culture in this in this movie and in the songs that actually that felt like real. Like this would be mm-hmm. like if they did break out in a song, these people would be singing these songs, and that's what I really liked about this movie. Even though they started singing, fuck that shit. Why? <laughs> Yeah, but I would have to like agree with all, like literally all the points, with an exception of the rap battle at the end. I thought that was adorable. I thought it was cute. I thought it was like, I thought it was an ideal way to end this movie with a song, but like in a different way. They had a rap battle at the end of the movie, like, like only like no other movie does that. Like, who does that? You true. There's it, a reason why because that's just. <laughs> And even it was, and he's right. It was corny as hell. It was corny mm. as hell. The rap battle at the end, but like at least they were trying something different, right? Because like if this is any other musical, they would have had their slow like fucking uh, black moment song, and then it came out with some chipper thing at the end, and everybody <laughs> right. would have fucking and it would have been it would have been terrible. Uh, my biggest critique of this is like. Between the sound direction, between when they're actually speaking and when they sit in the, in the, the musical parts, it seems mm-hmm. a bit off. It doesn't seem like they're actually singing the songs in the moment. Uh, and it kind of takes you back, like, oh, yeah, this is definitely musical. They definitely pre recorded this shit. And, it, and I guess they could have done a better job of blending the sound of the music with the like the actual like tone and tonality of the when they're actually speaking parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the dancing in this is fucking fire. I oh. was fucking moving along and it was like, I am not a dancer. I, I I have rhythm. I have no coordination. That's the thing. I have rhythm. There's no coordination. Not all of us black folk have coordination. We all have rhythm. 
We don't all mm-hmm. have coordination. Facts. Facts. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, you know, shaking along because I was like, oh man, this is kind of like they really like they really I I just want to hammer in the point is that like you can tell when there is someone in the process that has melanin in their skin. Yep. <laughs> Maybe the yep, whole yep, yep, not yep. the whole process, but there's somebody back there who's like, oh no, we need to do this instead of that. And and you could tell in this movie that there was somebody back, you know, maybe in the writing, maybe behind the camera, maybe somewhere in the process, like, yo, we need to do this instead of that. And you can definitely feel feel that in this movie. And that's something that's really, really uh wonderful to see. Um, yeah, uh everybody did bad a good job. I, I don't hate the dad's acting as much as Jason does. I kind of like the twist on the story that like he was not just a bad person, he was just misunderstanding his stepson. And he mm-hmm. actually did care and love about him. Um, his brothers, them high yellow dudes, you know, can't trust them light skinned brothers out there. Just <laughs> facts, 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 facts. <laughs> Ladies, I mean, I'm 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 mid tone, but you need. I mean, you always talk to always talk to dark skinned brothers, man. It's just 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 it's just better. <laughs> also, also too, that's the part I forgot too. Like that that blew my mind, and I'm pretty sure. I don't get mad at us, ladies, but gentlemen, we understand. At one point, the female lead apologizes to Elle and is like, I'm sorry for putting you under such pressures and status that you felt that you had to lie. What? Yeah. Accountability? <laughs> what? He apologized, and she apologized back, and they were better for it. And then he looked this dude straight in the eyes and said, I love your daughter. He didn't get punched. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Damn. yeah. <laughs> Your shoes, but he must have really liked your shoes. <laughs> but as much as I hate musicals, I was really like I was I was watching this while I was working, and I I kept getting distracted because I was watching this movie rather than doing my actual job, and like and that's a good I mean like that's it held my attention. Oh uh, yeah, this is a cute movie. It's a cute movie. You know, it's not going to win any awards. You know, the singing isn't like it's not going to blow your mind. You know, like you can tell there's definitely some auto tune to help these people out a little bit. But other than that, it was just a, it's just a fun little movie. And, you know, if Jason sticks another musical in here, ooh. <laughs> well, <laughs> but if you keep sneaking these in, I might be okay. Because uh, as I said, I've already seen the best musical ever. It's The Wiz. I don't need to see another one. All right. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that statement of it's the best <laughs> musical, but I will see others. Um, well, then, Jason, what is your rating for Sneakerella on Disney Plus? Fucking five out of five. Give it a five out of five. I don't Woo! care. Okay. Even with his flaws, uh, and there's a lot. Uh, I fuck. Yeah, it's great. It's a great take on the story. It's like a different yeah. spin on it, and I like it. I, I'm giving it a four out of uh, four out of five. And the only reason I downgraded is because. The rap battle, and like <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't roll with pops, bro. Pops is tough, man. Hell, <laughs> what you supposed to be at the stump? See, I just did what he did. It was the same thing. And I'm, not, I'm not a good actor. Look, <laughs> the reason why I do this, I told you, it's my act. day off. <laughs> right? Those that can't act, we just critique. See, I'm yeah. critiquing because I can't act, and that dude, he should be here with us critiquing, not acting. Uh, but shout out to him getting that paycheck. I ain't mad at him for that. But no, yeah. I'm gonna give it a four out of five, man. I thought it was hot, and I, enough that I wanted us to review it, knowing damn well that you don't like musicals. So. I don't like musicals. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. 
After an epic night of partying, three college students returned home to find an unconscious woman in their apartment. Worried the police would suspect them of wrongdoing, they tried to get the woman safely without uh, get the woman safely without drawing suspicion to a hospital. That is the summary of the Amazon Prime movie Emergency. This movie had actually made a lot of noise around the Sundance Circle and some of the festival circle circles. And Amazon Prime picked up, and that's how we were allowed to see it. So, Jason, we're going to do it like we do it every single time. What is your one sentence review of Emergency on Amazon Prime? Man, they should have just dumped that white girl in the yard and called it a day. <laughs> well, well, right back well, in, locked the door. Didn't see her. I don't know who she is. I didn't see her. Well, my one sentence review is the Emergency is why this white chick keep puking all, all the black people's floors. That's my one sentence review. Um, yeah, let's dive on in, Jason. What do you think about Emergency? Because I know you're going to have a very good perspective because I only got one issue with this movie and I know you have a little bit more, so. This movie is a very, very, I like Jason said, I love it and I hate it all in the same breath. Like, yep. there is, I have a complex feeling about this movie because I don't, I don't know because I guess it's the tone of it. I think the tone of it is really, really, really off because at first, it's trying to present itself as kind of like this comedy, like this, you know, uh, wild, wacky college comedy. But then it 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 never is never really quite funny enough to be a wacky situation. And then it gets like like real. And it's like a lot of the choices that these kids make. Like I understand why they made those choices, but it's like y'all got to be smarter than this. Like mm-hmm. and it's like so. I said to Jason, like it's it's too stupid to be taken seriously but it's not funny enough not to be taken seriously like and it's like and that's where like i i find like my complex feelings about this because uh you know i've been in a situation where you know you're around a person especially a young white girl who has way too much to drink and you're like fuck (laughs) what do i do (laughs) and uh I feel like in this movie, uh, the the impetus of their decision making leads to their outcome, and that message might skew it towards uh, people who don't necessarily understand why they made the decisions into thinking. Well, if they hadn't have done the things they done, they wouldn't have got the outcome they got. Whereas mm-hmm. for me and Jason's perspective, yeah, we understand that they made those decisions because of their worry about the outcome that they end up getting anyway. But that would have been like, a, that's a factor in their mind. So like, I feel like the, the major flaw of this movie is not being clear in its messaging. Uh, but, uh, I'm a, but at the end is what turned it around. And uh, <laughs> when he slammed that door in that girl's face, I was like, yep, this is great. <laughs> I don't need your white guilt. I don't need your damn apology. Get the fuck out my face, and I'm gonna go back to do living my life. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this this I I fucks with this movie. Uh, yeah, like I get it, I get it. They 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 were dumb. They made some dumb mistakes, and they ended up, uh, and especially uh, Kwame or whatever his name, Kunye. Yeah, ended yeah. Up, you know, and this is the thing I liked about this movie too is the fact that they did have a first generation African guy who's friends with an African American person. And, mm-hmm. like, their juxtaposition of, like, you know, Cunier is, like, trying to do what he thinks is best versus 
uh, Sean, who has a more realistic outcome, even though they shouldn't have been listening to Sean. <laughs> y'all no, can call exactly. <laughs> y'all can call nine one one and get the fucking paramedics out there and not have to deal with the cops. <laughs> y'all should have been listening to Sean. <laughs> you know, but I get why Sean was like that because Sean was like, "We're going to get killed." <laughs> also, Sean was fucking high. Yeah, like, Sean was high. he was high and drunk. Right, and like Carlos. <laughs> You useless piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here. Like, why are we even <laughs> hanging out with you? You, you useless. But I like, bars, I, bro. I definitely like the end. I definitely like the fact that they showed that they really did care for each other and they pretty much acted out of not only fear, but care for one another and hoping mm-hmm. that the worst thing wouldn't happen to, not to themselves, but to their friends. And that's what I really liked about this movie. Uh, but yeah, y'all should just saw that white girl, picked her up, dumped her on your grass, and just locked the door. I hope someone else deal with that shit. <laughs> like, not my problem. Because she, she passed out. She can't tell you what she was in your house. So Boop. right. <laughs> Look, man, the, this movie was giving me one thing, and then it gave me something I didn't expect, which was a message at the end. Like I was waiting for Ken and Ivory Waynes to jump in and be like, message. Because that's how heavy-handed the message portion of this film got. It started off like as a regular college kind of comedy. Then you involved the girl, and it switched to more of a dark dark comedy element. The problem is, like you said, that every, even I, I would assume, look, me and you were in our upper 30s, so we, we got to put a little hope assume button here that every single young college black kid with a passed-out person, no matter what the race, it's calling the calling 911 yeah. and asking for emergency assistance. And I get, like you said, I, I tried to put to myself that, okay, well, Sean's drunk and high, so he probably is paranoid right now. And they even talk about, too, like their state of mind and why not involving the cops. But at the end of the day, Kunye was fine. So he could have called and been the only person, primary person talking to he the cops. He could have used his privilege as a rich person to fucking talk to the cops and been fine. Yeah, so the movie sets up this premise that only is believable in the atmosphere of this world that it's going to be a dark or comedic take of why they didn't do the the, the reasonable thing. The problem is, is that if you don't keep it in the comedy realm for them doing unreasonable things, that's where the comedy's coming from. You can't all of a sudden switch and then get real on me because now the whole thing falls apart because now I'm stuck thinking and it's a part in there where the cop says... Next time, leave that to the professionals. And I'm like, I hate to side with Whitey. And say, yeah, he's right. They should have left that to the professionals. And I know that should get us canceled on our own show because we are a pro-black show and just said, I agree with the cops. But I agree with the cops. Like, if, if you When you call 911, everybody, they ask you, is it a medical emergency, fire, or police? You say yes. medical. Just send an ambulance. Yes. Please. And yes. Hang up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so... You, you, you set this premise for us to be like, oh, well, we know we've thrown out the logical situation where they decided not to call the police. So let's just see what comedy ensues. And there's some good parts that are funny, but also hint to like uh, serious issues where they play it comedically. Like Kune, like being in the bathroom when he's around like real, uh, quote unquote, <laughs> real black folks at uh, Sean's brother's house. And it didn't hide all of them. We run up out of the room, uh, out of the house. But she, like, it's funny parts in it. I was like, this is great. Was, this is what plays like, oh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> but yeah, and then you even get like, so, you know, we get the parts in there about, I mean, it, it, the, the movie hits on a lot of things and is not heavy handed in the 
outside things they hit on. They get really heavy-handed on the the black police discrimination, blah, blah, blah portion of it. And I'm here for it. But like you said, the tone flips so quickly. And the premise of the movie doesn't set up for the tone to be like that. Because, again, all I can think about once the tone switched is that if they just would have called the freaking police, this wouldn't have never been the issue. Or not even call the police. Like you said, call the ambulance. This would have never Mm -hmm. been an issue. So us getting serious now is bothersome. But I will say this. And them getting serious, it does display the acting talents of the main cast, especially the two black characters. Um, That whole thing about, like, you know, I was concerned about my brother being killed. Like, I admit, like, I I had a, you know, I had some mist in my eyes. Because, yeah, it was just to see that kind of black heterosexual love that wasn't no overlining girl. It was just like. I love my brothers. Even when he left, he goes, I'm not leaving because I'm a coward. I'm leaving. Like, it, it, it all hit me to be like, yeah, yeah, like, this is what real, true black friendship is like. That sometimes we care about each other so much that we make bad decisions because we we fear the worst for each other more than ourselves. And that's just how it always is. I mean, and I, I thought they displayed that perfectly, that love, that, that admiration, that respect. And like you said... I love the part when he was like, yeah, when I found out you went to, you were going to get into Princeton, I was happy as hell for you. I was like, thank you. Because the scene earlier when he tried to play tough about it, I was like, yeah, that's fucked up. Your boy going to Princeton and you acting like that? But it was like, nah, he was just doing that to get at him because he was in the moment. So yeah, I love the fact that he was things. excited. <laughs> right, right. And even he said it, he was like, man, he's like, you're going to move on, forget about And he was like, nah, we'll still be boys. But like, I love that because it was that kinship. I thought, again, it's a lot of great things in this movie. I just, the only issue I had was just the tone and how it flipped so abruptly. I think it wasn't good for this movie. Um, I do, like you said, they play with the second generation, you know, black American here. Like you said, it sounded like his family was immigrants that were here, mm-hmm. you know, became legal and he's doing well, uh, Kuna. Uh, but it plays it versus the homegrown generational, yeah. probably from slave trade black. And it is a, it is a distinction between us two people. And I think they did a good job of showing those distinctions when he's like, yeah, I'm sorry my parents were like this. And I'm sorry that I had this and I didn't have to go through this, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I thought it was a great message that even in the eyes, because me and you understand it, in the eyes of the law, he's still a ninja. Yeah, It don't matter that his family, he ain't a, a, a poor Bjorn black ninja. He's still a ninja to the police. And so even with all the differences of upbringing, they still get the same treatment no matter. Mm-hmm you know, quote unquote, he's the respectable black guy and he's still got the same treatment. So I thought that was a good thing right there. Even um, while he's I trying think, to save this girl's life. <laughs> right, right, right. I do think uh, there was, they showed some moments of passing with uh, with Carlos and his his cousin. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, he just put a That's your like, cousin? Like, so, like, yeah, we cousins. Right. <laughs> he just put <laughs> yeah, a line he's Mexican. Me. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's actually Mexican. But I do love the way they had the, the white chick that was hooking up with them almost have like a jarring reaction to find out that he wasn't white. I don't know if you peeped that. Like when she said mm-hmm. it, she was like, oh, you like, it was almost like, oh God, I just made out with a Mexican dude. Like that wasn't my intent. So I thought that was really, really good there. Um, I, I and the fact that them white girls made everything worse. <laughs> oh, 100%, 100%. And I thought a good, and this is something that me and you were talking about actually last week after the show, I call it, I've been, I've, I've donned it in active racism. It's like they're not actively participating in racism, but the things they're doing are very racist. But because they don't think it's racist, I call it inactive racism. The sister, the older sister, was a very inactive racist. 
Yeah. She didn't think what she was doing was racist, but when you break down how she was handling herself or how she jumped to conclusions, was very racist. But some people would justify that and go, well, she thinks these people have kidnapped her sister. How do you think she should act? But it's like... But if they were real kidnappers, know. they wouldn't be trying to explain themselves. They would have fucked her up and left. <laughs> or they would have fucked her up, tossed her neck and her passed out body in the car and left too. Like, they right, been like right. no, 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 you don't understand. Like, no, nah, they would have punched her in the fucking face, killed the dude, Broke all those chicks, throw them in the back <laughs> of the van, and they all would left, and they all would end up in a fucking, you know, shipping container off to fucking Eastern Europe somewhere if they were real right. kidnappers. <laughs> Look at that. So I love the inactive racism thought process. Again, I'm like you. See like, later on your white guilt shit. Like peace out on yeah. that. But also, I thought Look it was a good here. dynamic on the the Kuna thing when he goes to the brother's house, and from what we assume, Sean, Carlos, and Kuna, they're all kind of geeky because. Carlos was in there playing a single-player video game, and Kuna knew exactly what it was, and blah, blah, blah. I love the dichotomy of, like, even in that atmosphere where Kuna is there with other Black people that we could assume are geeky because they were playing video games, he still didn't feel like it was a kinship there, even though they probably had some of the same similar interests. But it felt like – he felt like a fish out of water because – you know, let's be completely honest. He, he isn't living in the culture that we've made in, quote-unquote, in Blackness. So he felt, you know, they were like, man, sit down. He goes, no, I'm fine. He goes, man, sit down. Like, that, that, when I read it, I laughed because that's such a black person thing to do. Like, when you come to somebody's house, you introduce yourself, but then they want you to feel at home in their, yeah. in their home. Don't and just sit there and be all awkward. Sit down and get comfortable. Right, man. right. We ain't, ain't going to bite. Like, go ahead. Right. Fine. You know how many places I've been in, like, but usually you get that from the woman in the house. The woman in the house is yeah. like, man, if you don't sit down, like, relax. About, like, so it was a good feeling because, like, it's me and you who understand the culture. <laughs> yeah. Being you to understand the culture, we get why they were like that. But someone who doesn't understand it, it feels like it's aggressive. And that's what Kuna took it as because he doesn't live in that culture. He doesn't yeah. understand that culture. So he took it as more aggressive. He took the, the crap, the shit talking as, like, more aggressive. Well, we just know that's just the passing of the day. So I did like that. Like, that was, under, it was a lot of under undercover currents there that's what bothered me when the tone shifted so quickly because it was like this could have been made really really funny it just had undercover currents of it and we would have been fine but instead you went straight into like guns pointing you know slammed on the ground showing a wilding out white girl that's just getting that's not even getting manhandled but i'm getting manhandled like you did this whole contrast and it was like wow you know they get wrapped up in the blanket for, you know, the, the keep warm and then the other ones are sitting on the curb. Like, yeah, you went all out the show like, hey, message. And I'm like, it, it didn't need to be that way. You could have found that. And that's probably why it was hard. It was probably hard to write a funny or creative way to display that undercurrent and still get the message across. And I think they got lazy at the end and just went for the gusto, the thing that everybody just expects, rather than doing something that could have been almost transformatively funny, but also critical of the system. And that would have taken time and a lot of energy to make that happen. And I think they took the easy way out. And that's my biggest critique of this is that I think at the end, they literally took the easiest way out to show that part of it. So I think the story for me would have been better served is if they had tried to start making the right decisions and then was somehow blocked from doing so, you know, either, you know, the thing they feared was happening, was going to happen, started happening or something else, you know, and maybe they could have like, you know, started making the right decision and some funny shenanigans got in the way. So they had to make it, you know, go to plan B, go to plan C, go to plan D. But every time the step of the way, they're like, we should just call the cops. Well, we don't have our cell phones or something like other than the fact right. that they easily went from 
from plan A all into plan Z, which is the fucking like they they decided to try to drop her off with a frat party or whatever. Or <laughs> and I was like, what, what are y'all doing? Y'all? And like even they said, like, why would we do that? Like, we're gonna drop her off at a frat party. She's a passed out girl. What do you think is gonna happen to her? Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, stop making decisions. Like, y'all stop. <laughs> Just stop. <Yeah. laughs> Take a stop breath. listening to stop listening to the high guy group. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, Jason, with all that being said, what are you going to rate? The ending really made it up for me, so I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, okay. Yeah. The the tone shift was was definitely a, a detriment to this, but I like the fact that they had a message. <laughs> so, yeah, 3.5 out of 5. I'm, I'm going to give it a strong 4 because I, I was vibing with this movie. I was completely rolling with it until that tone switch, and I will give it this. Once the tone does switch, they keep that vibe for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. They keep that guy and they keep that same energy. But I just felt like it, it it's a jarring. Like when you got when if you guys start to watch it, it's jarring how the tone just the tone gets from dark comedy to reality in like a real scene. quick. Yeah, yeah. It's not even like a slow progression. <laughs> like it's a scene oh. and it just flips and you're like, oh shit, like what movie did I just walk into? Like <laughs> you had to like pause the movie, make sure it was the same movie. But um but I'm gonna give it a four, man, because I, I enjoyed a lot of it. And I realized that the, the writer and director is black. And I, I don't I didn't put that into my rating, but it like Jason said when we talked about um Sneakerella and certain parts of it, this movie did feel like somebody black was involved or wrote it. Mm-hmm. Like from mm-hmm. how they spoke, the mannerisms to like it, 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 all of it felt like it felt familiar. And yeah. when we talk about this show and we talk about the geek spectrum and all that stuff like that, that is the biggest thing why we talk about we want more representations because it felt familiar. It felt like something that we could look at and experience and outside of the message latent ending, it was what we talked about. It. How can we can't get a, a, a college comedy with black kids involved? And they have hijinks and shenanigans. And it's just so like, we we kind of got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't. We kind of got that, but it was like, uh, like you know, how could we can't get? And they weren't in the HBCU. How could we can't get like an HBCU version of like old school, you know, or an HBCU uh, a version of like any of these colleges, like Van Wilder? Like we, why can't we have those? Because those are just generic comedies that we could just set in a different atmosphere. But this one felt like one. It also as a as a black kid like myself that went to a predominantly white school. I got PWI. around that. Yeah. <laughs> I got that messaging too. So yeah, it did just feel like we were involved. And that's something that I think is very, very important. And I was good to feel that way. So I'm gonna give it a four out of five, man. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I would suggest for people to go out and watch it and have some fun with this one. Um yeah. I would suggest people watch this as well. Absolutely. Well, we are at that point in time that we all look forward to, and that is the end. This is a short show, guys. Ending. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We gave you a short show. I know. I mean, no, I'm not saying it's short because I was on vacation. It just happened to be that way. It was a slow blockbuster week, but we're going to be wrapped up soon because now we got Jurassic World coming out and Jason still has to see part two. Uh, (laughs) Oh, fuck. I guess uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming out. We got a lot of stuff coming uh, out. It's Marvel. Comes out on Wednesday. Yep. (laughs) And then um, Kenobi sees episode four. And we're going to do a season wrap-up of Kenobi. We're not going to do episode by episode. We're going to do a season wrap-up. So once that gets wrapped up, we'll do that. But Ms. Marvel on there. I feel like, I don't know, if next week if we want to do the Ms. Marvel debut, 
And I go, oh, do you, and they make you just review all the Jurassic World series so that you can feel like trash by having to I, watch all that crap? Here's my review of all the Jurassic World series. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> all of them should be in jail. All of them should be in jail. Every last one yes. of them should be in jail. <laughs> Our world is now a hellscape because you release, you know, extinct genetically modified monsters onto the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least Pokemon like keeps their monsters in like Pokeballs and yeah, you know they, they contribute to society as a whole. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, not, there's these dinosaurs. <laughs> there's T Rexes roaming around in the wilderness. There's nothing. This will be fine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so we got a lot of stuff. But yeah, the summer blockbuster season is going to be in full swing, so it's going to keep us busy, and we're excited to be busy on that one. But guys, again, remember the dude with the scrolling says at the bottom: share, like, follow, and subscribe. We don't beg you guys ever to do that. So. If you guys help us out by doing that, it's just a plus for all of us. You know, we enjoy that when people we have more people giving us comments and feedback. We do have comments coming up. We'll probably do comments next week because we do have a few. And I was going to read them this week because that's the short show. But I was like, nah, I want to do it when I'm not on vacation and I can actually like really, really enjoy them. So people that have really commented on their comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Do not feel like we are abandoning you guys. We know you commented and we're going to do a comment show next week. So we'll have that out for you as well. Uh, other than that, I mean, we're here for it. And again, remember to check to pick up Children of Blood and Bone. That is our going to be our inward for nerd second book re- review or book club book. And we're going to do that on July 9th at eight o'clock. So pick PM, up your copy Easter now. Time. Yep, pick <laughs> up your copy now. Get the reading. It's about five hundred pages. But I'm already up to 150, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. My plan is to finish it before I get get done with vacation. So, but pick it up, enjoy it, enjoying us when we do that review, and you can get some feedback and et cetera to it as well. Other than that, Jason, do you have any more words for everybody? You know, just always be kind, be considerate, and tip your servers and bartenders at least 20%, if not more, if you can afford it. And also, uh, yeah, fuck Jaren. Let's go back to fucking Jaren today. Fuck him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and watching. We look forward to seeing you all next time and next week. Peace. Ain't nobody fresher than my kicks. Mm. Kicks. (laughs)